Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our internet family. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. We're going to spend just a few moments in the Word and then we're going to wrap up. Have you enjoyed yourself tonight though? Has this been awesome? Thank you, worship team. And then also, um, we have a couple guests with us tonight, uh, Greg and Jana Long, and they're actually in Houston and added them to our worship team tonight. You may remember Jana, we've had her as part of uh, our Christmas time, and uh, just what a blessing to have them with us tonight, too. Would you thank them? They're somewhere, somewhere in here. Bless you guys. Oh, they're right here. And they're girls. Would it embarrass you? Will you hate me and I'll no longer be your friend if I have you stand up and wave at him? Come on. Yeah, yeah. They're my pals. Well, tonight I want to talk to you about a life of worship. And tonight is a night of worship. Um, let's look real quick in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. And it says, you are worthy, O Lord. Would you say that with me? You are worthy, O Lord. Here's what he's worthy of, to receive glory and honor and power for you created, say created. created. You created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Leave that verse up if you will just for a moment. In the New International Version it says, by your will they were created and have their being. So I want you to notice this, that the Lord is worthy. He's worthy to receive worship. He's worthy to receive glory and honor and power. But I want you to know this. For, this also could be rendered because. He's worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. That's like, that's like worship, capital letters, okay? For or because. He's worthy to receive because he what? Created. He created. He's the creator. Go with me to Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy. There it is again. Say, you are worthy. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And if you get the whole context of this, worship is going on. There, there are living, created beings Creatures is rendered in scripture that do nothing but worship. They're doing it right now Amen. in heaven. They're continuously around the throne. And they're, they are saying over and over that he's worthy, that he's worthy, that he's worthy. And they're worshiping him. And so he's worthy because he created. And he's worthy also because, for, because you were slain. And as a result of that, you have what? You've redeemed, you've purchased us, you bought us back to yourself, you've, you've paid the price for us. So I want you to get this, the Lord is worthy to receive worship, period, but the Lord is worthy to receive worship because he is the creator and he is the redeemer. He is not worthy to receive worship because you had a good day. See, sometimes people only reserve worship, praise and worship to God because they had a good day. 
or things went well or they won the prices right. <laughs> Did you know we have a lady? I'm going to see if we can do it maybe next first Wednesday or, or in the fall. We have a lady in our church who won the prices right. <laughs> the showcase showdown. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> Plinko. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's my dream. The Lord is worthy to receive worship because if for no other reason, he's the creator and he's the redeemer. So get this. No one else is, so no one else is. No one else is the creator and the redeemer. So no one else is worthy of worship. No one else is, so no one else is. I want this to get into you. No one else is the creator and the redeemer, so no one else is worthy of worship. Amen. Look with me in Luke chapter 4. The devil, growl, come on, growl. That's right, God keeps the books. God keeps the books. The devil led him up. This is when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Verse 6. And he said to him, the devil said to Jesus, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. Now, bookmark that just for a moment. One day it will all be Jesus. The devil always wants to try to give you a shortcut. And don't take his shortcut. Wait for God's way. He said, I can give it to anyone I want. Verse 7. If you worship me, the devil is saying that to Jesus. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Look in verse 8. Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. Jesus answered, it is written, Deuteronomy 6, 13. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Only he is, so only he is. Only he is the, wor- is the creator and the redeemer, and only he is worship. We worship and serve no other. Now, in the language, in the original language of, of the Bible, you will find that worship and serve are interchangeable sometimes. And they always kind of travel together. So I want you to bear that in mind, worship and serve. Now, when we come together like we did tonight and like we come together on, on Sundays, and we worship, okay, stay real tight with me here. When we worship, We normally do what? Say it. Sing. We sing. Music's involved in that type of thing. And I want you to know that that is worship and it is a high form of worship. It's a prescribed form of worship. But you need to know this. It's not the only form of worship. Okay? Because otherwise the rest of y'all's week, some of y'all especially, it's not going to be very worshipful. Okay? So this is what we did tonight, praise and worship. But can I tell you why we do this when we come together and why Scripture prescribes that we do this when we come together? Can I tell you why? Because it's the best group activity. It's the best group activity for us all to be involved in worship. Because if we just all came together and said, okay, everybody, just worship God in your own way. How many of you know that would get really weird? (laughs) 
No, for real. How many of you know that would get really, really weird? You know, because I do this to worship, you know, or or whatever you do. So that's the best way because when we come together, he wants things done in a beautiful way, in, in a way that's pleasing to him, a way that is not distracting, that he is the focus. So we're all saying the same thing, singing. Who gave us music anyway? God did. And, and, and it all goes together. But that's our best group activity, but that's not the only way to, to worship. So praise and worship of God is not just singing, but praise and worship is also we are to live, get this, we are to live a life of worship. We're to live a life of worship. Technically, and I won't go into it, we're to live a worshipful life, okay? But I just want to call it a life of worship, or we could say a worshipful life. Here is a great definition of worship. Worship is an attitude. Everybody say attitude. It's an attitude that recognizes the greatness of God and it causes us to bow. Now, whether or not you bow on the outside, you bow on the inside. And if you bow on the outside, you better first of all bow on the inside. Because Jesus said you can go through all the motions and have lip service and everything else, but if your heart is far from me, your worship was wasted, wasted time and energy. So it is an attitude that recognizes the greatness of God. Now, if you look at the lyrics of songs, we're just recounting again the greatness of God and what Jesus has done and what, what God has done and what he wants to do and who he is. And so worship in song, you know, those words had better be about the greatness of God. Can I get an amen on that? But in our life, in our life, We should have an attitude that recognizes the greatness of God. Did you see God's handiwork anywhere around you today? You know, in nature, you know, in in people, in so many different things and ways, and we recognize the greatness of of God, and what it causes us to do is is to bow on the inside. So worship, worship directly adores the Lord. Everybody say adore. You know, we kind of reserve that word. You know, you know, I love pizza, but we don't say I adore pizza. You know, it's kind of a higher word for that because we love everything anymore. I just love your shoes. You know, we, you know, but adore is kind of a higher word. Look it up sometime. Not right now because we're working. All right. But even in the thesaurus that looks other words, it's actually in the thesaurus, that's a hard word to say, it actually has the idea of even about crazy about, just crazy over. And so we adore the Lord, but this is what worship is. Worship, get this, worship directly adores the Lord. But a worshipful life, get this, a worshipful life is we do what we do. We do what we do in a way and with a mindset that actually indirectly adores the Lord. So you do what you do. Think about it just for a moment. What do you do? What do you do? Who are you? What are your roles? You know, and if I think about that, I'm first of all a child of God. I'm husband to Alicia. I'm dad to Lee, Elise, Josh, 
Greta, Gabe. I'm father-in-law to Katie and to Chris. I am Peepaw <laughs> to Gavin and Cora. I'm pastor of Meadowbrook Church. I'm a boss. I'm a friend. I'm a neighbor. I'm a chaplain. I'm a student. And all of those things, whatever you do, say whatever you do. Do those things with a mindset, with an attitude, a mindset, an approach that would bring glory to God. So worship directly, and that's why we have to call that a worshipful life, because worship directly adores the Lord. So that's when you put your full attention on him. But he wants you to not just worship him, he wants you to live a worshipful life. So that when you go to work tomorrow, when you go to a store tonight, when you're driving somewhere, when you wave at your neighbor, when you talk to your children, to your spouse, when you take care of business, when whatever it is that you do, you do it with an attitude and approach. You're focused on what you're doing, but you're doing it in such a way that you know this is indirectly adoring the Lord. Are you all with me? And when you have that, you're not going to cheat. You're not going to lie. You're not going to be, and, if, and whatever you would do, you're going to be quick to repent. It's like, oh, wow, 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 that, that was off. Are you, are you following me so far? Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Just a couple more minutes. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, did y'all eat, some of y'all eat barbecue out there last night? So, tonight, I had several people say that was good, and I'm envious. <laughs> Therefore, whether you eat or drink or, come on. One more time. Whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Look with me in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Here it is again. And what? And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, this Colossians passage, and you also have to take the text and put it in context. Following this verse, do you know what it does? It gives instructions to wives and husbands, and parents, and children, and bosses, and employees, it begins to give instruction. And I think it connects together that whatever you do, let me put it this way, whoever you are, and whatever you do, do all, word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Do it as his representative, one translation says. Do it in such a way that's going to bring him glory. Whatever you, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, let's do it in a way. Let's do it in a way that shows God, I love you. I'm living my life for you. Amen. So we have worship that is directly focused on the Lord. The times where you bow before him, sing songs to him, lift your hands to him, just stop and be quiet before him, directly, directly adoring the Lord. And then as you go about your worshipful life, whatever you're doing, you do it in such a way that that is also bringing glory and adoration to the Lord. Amen. So worship is not just a place. Worship is not just an event. It's not just singing. It's all of life. You know, it strikes me too that Israel, when they were in the wilderness, they carried the ark of God. They carried the altar of God with them wherever they went. I, I think that speaks to a life of worship. So when we do come here, though, let me stop on that for a moment. And I, I stopped and listened some tonight, you know, while we were worshiping. And I tell you what, y'all were worshiping. You were at least singing loud. <laughs> but when we come together like this, and when we come together on, on Sunday, be here because I'm be finishing the series on encouragement. When we come, I want to encourage you to enter in. 
I want to remind all of us, we only do two things every service. You ready? We do two things. First of all, we do this. We lift up. And then we, we listen up. That's all we're going to do every time we come together. We're going to lift up and we're going to listen up. And so when we come, I want you to lift up. And again, if it's worship, and it is, that's, that's one of God's favorite ways. It's one of the prescribed ways. He has more instruction toward musical worship than any other form of worship, although he wants us to have a worshipful life. But when we worship, let's worship the Lord. Let's directly adore him. Every time we gather, let's do this. Let's lift him up. Amen. And then let's listen up. Don't come in. We don't have a song service. And we don't have song leaders. And we don't have song books. We worship. The people in our worship team, they pray, they arrange, they, they're careful, they work hard. We're so blessed with the teams that we have. Seriously, so blessed. And, and, and I know them and I interact with them and I observe them back Stage. I hate to even call this a stage. I, I observe them in the back. I observe them during their rehearsals. I observe. I crash their vocal rehearsals sometimes. I just kind of come up, come in and stand, and they stop singing. It's kind of no, keep keep going. I watch them, and this is what I want to tell you: they have good hearts. We have everything from moms to bankers to to uh, farriers. Do you know what a farrier is? There's one right here. Brad, raise your hand. I just love Brad. Yeah, and they have. They just have these gifts, but they have their heart for God, and I love that. So when we come in and they lead you in worship, then what are we going to do? We're going to lift up. We're not going to say, I wonder when they're going to sing my favorite song. (laughs) Or I really like when they do the blue lights best. (laughs) I wonder if that fog is toxic. I mean, we have all these, (laughs) and it's not, it's not. I had a guy ask me not too long ago, where did you all even get that idea for fog and lights? I said, God. (laughs) Haven't you ever like driven in the morning and it's still foggy and the sun's cutting through? It's like, God, that is awesome. So don't make it about other things. Don't, you know, the temptation in church is to study the people around you. Study a hairdo in front of you. You know, look around. I wonder, what was that? They sang that song two weeks ago, too. You know, and it's like. And what we need to do is lift up. Focus on God. Well, I had a rough week. Yeah, but he's the creator. And he's the redeemer. And he's worthy of worship. I said he's worthy of worship. And he said, come together and sing, and sing loud. And he, he prescribes things for us to do in here. To, why do you all lift your hands? Because God said he likes that. He even said, lift up hands in the sanctuary, and it blesses the Lord. And maybe you haven't blessed the Lord this much, uh, that much this week. Well, you could, do it, you could do it right now. You can do it in your car. You can do it in the shower. You can just, Lord, if this blesses you. Why would that bless him? Because he created you and he redeemed you and you're putting all your attention on him. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of ways that help us to worship. But when we come together, let's lift up. And then we're going to listen up like we are right now. But guess what, though? We come together and we lift up 
And then we listen up, and then you know what we do? We leave. (laughs) And that's why we have to have a worshipful life. Look with me real quick in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The Apostle Paul writes, I appeal to you, very strong word. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, sisters, by the mercies of God, note note that, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual, come on, worship. Now, remember earlier I told you that worship and serve sometimes are interchangeable. A lot of translations go back and forth between worship or serve, which is your spiritual service, spiritual worship. Notice the same verse now in the New International Version. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Didn't say anything about a song, did it? Yep, that's what he prescribes most. But, you know, the, the best opportunity you're going to have to worship freely and, and so forth, honestly, is by yourself. But then when we come together, man, what a boost that is. I love, I love it, I love it. I know of pastors that have multiple services and they don't come out for any of the worship because they want to save their energy and, and whatever, or they'll come out for one of the services. I can't wait for it to start every service. And, and my challenge, my challenge is I've got to stop singing so much and so loud because then I have to keep talking, but I love it. Here's, here's what, though. God loves it even more. Amen. Now, notice this. There's a lot of temple, there, there are a lot of temple words here. And one of them would be sacrifice, sacrifice. Now, a sacrifice, though, an animal sacrifice in the temple, then is, once it's sacrificed, it's what? It's dead. And once it's dead, there's a few things that happen to it. And then that's the end, folks. It's over. But he has called us to be a what? A living sacrifice. Do you know what a living sacrifice does? A living sacrifice lives and moves and does stuff. And that's what he wants us to be. When we live and we move and we do things, we live our life that we, this is our true and proper worship. This is spiritual worship, not just when we come together. And I want us to raise the roof in this place. I want you to mentally picture, you know, some of the football domes have that, that roof that splits and goes open. We're going to get one. No, we're not. No, we're not. But I imagine that sometimes. God, we all gather together. This, this concentrated worship let's lift it up to God and just like it's shooting up like a beam to God that's my imagination but here's what here's what we do he wants us to be let's do that when we come together but listen we lift up and we listen up and then we leave and then we are a living sacrifice we live we move we do things and that is where we're called to be called to a worshipful life. Now, notice this. It says, I urge you in view of God's mercy. That's the whole motivator right there. Just look at God's mercy. Has he been merciful to you? Think about his mercy in view of God's mercy. That's what motivates us. That's what frames all of this. 
You just stop and think about his mercy. What are you doing then? Now you have an attitude that recognizes the greatness of God and his goodness to you. I'll end with this. The word for mercy, the New Testament word for mercy, the idea of it is to extend the hand. It's one who can help that reaches down and extends toward one who needs help. That's what mercy is. And what does worship tell us to do? To extend up to him. The language is so rich. The picture of that is so rich. In view of his mercies that he's reaching down to you. Has he reached down to you? He's reaching down to you now. Some of you here tonight not even sure what we're doing. What is all of this tonight? I want you to know the mercies of God. You're here tonight. The mercies of God. You know, all of us have seen at one point, even when we were looking toward God, he was merciful to us. But God is extending toward us and we extend toward him. I want to encourage you to worship the Lord. Be a worshiper. And I want to encourage you to live a worshipful life. We're going to leave here in a little bit. And what are you going to do? I'm going to be a living sacrifice. Be a living sacrifice. That's what he's called us to do. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.